Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job is showing us how to stay on target with God. If you choose not to grow, you will be a saved, nearsighted, blind, immature individual. Listen, there's a lot of people that are saved, but they haven't gone very far from that. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. The Lord calls us to go beyond just praying a prayer or eking by in your spiritual walk with Him. In the book of 2 Peter, we're urged not to stay still, but to grow and grow and grow. In today's lesson, Mark is asking a simple yet fundamental question, do I have what it takes? If you missed last week's program, or if you ever need to catch up with our current series called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, just visit our website at boldstepsweekend.org. And Mark will join us in the studio to answer some questions later, so be sure to stay with us. But right now, to describe the seven characteristics we need to build into our faith to grow, here is Mark Job. There is something spiritual that is given to you, an ancestral spiritual element that's deposited in you. It's called the sin nature. Now here's the thing. You are born with a sin nature. No one has to teach you to sin. It comes naturally to you. When I had my first child, I thought this kid is like a saint. I mean, I don't think she's going to sin until she's 14 or so. Because I mean, really, I mean, look at this precious thing. I didn't have to say, honey, I know this is foreign to you. Well, I'm going to teach you how to be selfish. I'm going to teach you how to lie because I don't think you're going to learn it anywhere. No, no. Guess what? By the time she could, she was arching her back and saying her first words were, no. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> well, where did that come from? I wanted to say, it must have come from her mother. <laughs> But, 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 but no, the reality is it came from the sinful nature that no one, it came instinctively to her because she was born with a sin nature and, and our nature dictates our likings and our destiny and what we do. But I believe that when a child is old enough to know right from wrong, they will naturally begin to sin because they have a sin nature inside of them and our nature dictates what we do and gives us a propensity and a direction in something. Now, Jesus bypassed human inception and was not born to a man, but Mary was inseminated by the Holy Spirit so that Jesus would not have a sin nature, and therefore the first Adam and Jesus have the same thing in common, that both of them were born without a sin nature. We sin because it's our nature to sin. It's natural to us. It's like eating and sleeping. It just comes. Now, where do we get our nature from? We get our nature from birth, right? How do we become participants of that divine nature? Through birth. You see, when you were born through your biological parents, they gave you the sin nature along with a lot of other traits. They gave you the sin nature. But a time and place comes later in our life where we receive another nature. It also comes through birth. But now it's called the second birth. 
Uh, Some refer to it as being born again. Jesus in John chapter 3 said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because at that born again time, what happens is that now we are made participants of the divine nature. And the moment that we do this sort of weird and strange ritual, it's where we acknowledge that we cannot save ourselves. We acknowledge that we are sinners. We acknowledge that we have no basis to make it to God, that all religion is futile, and we come to the end of our life, and we open up, we throw open our arms, we bow our knee, and we say, God, save me. I turn my back on how I have been living. I acknowledge that only Jesus can forgive me and wash me. Now, I join a religion. No! Now I open up my heart and invite the presence of the living God to come inside of me and change me from the inside out. The Bible says at that moment you are born again spiritually. Now listen to me well. At that very moment, you are now given a new nature. This new nature is in the semblance of your new father. Not your biological parents, but your spiritual father, God Almighty. And now suddenly, you have the divine nature inside of you. Now, you have the propensity to do what your new father has called you to. The problem is that you don't get rid of the old nature, so we struggle until we die with the old nature and the new nature battling inside of us. Have you felt that battle? Have you felt it? the old flesh and the new struggling inside, battling within. You say, well, pastor, when am I going to get rid of the old nature? Well, the moment, your, your old nature is tied into your body. And as long as you live in this mortal, mortal flesh, you will b- battle with that old nature. The moment that you release the shell of this body, your old nature will end with that. And you will only exist in the new nature made after the image of God. And the Bible calls that glorification. You will, be, you will be glorified. You will have a new nature never to struggle with sin again. But until you die, until the day you breathe your last, you will fight, to, you will fight the old, you will fight the flesh, the old nature, and you will respond to the new nature. And there's a battle inside of you that rages every single day. Now, Peter says you've been made participants of this new nature. I think it's important for you to understand that you have a new nature. So, you have this divine nature and you escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires because the only way that you can overcome your old nature is through the new nature. So the first point I want just to make clear is do I really have what it takes to make it? The first point that Peter makes is yeah, you do. You have the divine nature inside of you and you have all the tools you need to make it in God. That's the first question he answers. The second question he answers or or, or he addresses is this. Is that although you have all that it takes to live for God, it's not effortless. You have to work at developing your character. Your faith must be developed if you want to be effective and productive in living for God. So although you have all the tools that you need, you have all the power you need to live that way, you have to work at altering your character with the tools that God has given you. Listen to what it says in verse 5. For this reason, make every effort. There's a word of perspiration. 
Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Now let me pause just for a second there and say the, the Apostle Peter is about to give us seven characteristics. If you learn this, I think you'll be well on your way to gaining spiritual maturity. He gives us seven characteristics that need to be built on our faith. Everything starts with faith. You don't have faith, you don't have anything. But it doesn't end with, end with faith. You see, what I discover is a lot of believers, they come to God, and all they have in their testimony is, I got saved in 1962. <laughs> but has anything happened on your foundation? Anything ever happened since you got saved? Because faith is the beginning point, but it's not the end. It's what we build on. But now, what's happened since you prayed that prayer? What's happened since you believed? Has anything been altered? Has there been any progress in your character? Any transformation in your life? Because what the Apostle Peter tells us, if there's not, your life is ineffective and unproductive. And no one wants to be ineffective and unproductive. Listen to what he says has to happen in our life. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. You see it? Chap verse 5, chapter 1. So, so the next block... You have faith, now you add goodness onto it. Another word for goodness is virtue. Virtue means my devotion to excellence, my orientation towards an object that's of a higher standard than mine. Good, something that is right rather than on a comparative sliding scale. You know, on my, on my faith, I have to build the desire to be like Jesus, the desire to be good like Jesus. If I don't have a desire to change upon my faith, then I'm not going to change. Once I believe, then I have to have this desire for virtue or goodness. I have to say, I want to be like Jesus. That's my desire. That's what I want to add to my life. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, and we'll get back to these seven faith-building characteristics in just a moment. First, I want to remind you that if you ever have trouble joining us on radio, you can always catch up with these messages by subscribing to our podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. And if you'd like even more Bold Steps content, be sure to sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly and start receiving Mark's weekly devotional email every Monday morning. You won't want to miss out on this encouraging and insightful devotional. The Bold Stepper Weekly is absolutely free and it gives you a more personal connection with Mark as he shares personal ministry updates and encouraging stories each week. So get your name on the list for next week's devotional by going to boldstepsweekend.org. Now, let's dive into the second half of Mark's message titled, Do I Have What It Takes? The next thing that I add on virtue is I have to add knowledge. So you add to your faith goodness, and to goodness you add knowledge. Now I kind of wondered why knowledge wouldn't come right after faith, but here's my conclusion. My conclusion is that if you have no desire to become like Jesus, then knowledge, all it's going to do is puff you up and not change your life. But if you have a desire to be like Jesus, then knowledge helps you become more like Jesus. So it's sanctified knowledge. And knowledge is understanding the Word of God, understanding truths that apply to my life via the Holy Spirit so I can change. Are you tracking with me? So we have faith, now we have goodness, and on your goodness add knowledge, and on your knowledge 
add self-control. How many of you have ever run into people that have a lot of Bible knowledge, know a lot of words, know a lot of theology, Christian history, but are really so not like Jesus? Because just knowing does not mean you're becoming. The Pharisees knew a lot of scripture and quote a lot of scripture, but they were so not like Jesus. So never confuse growth in knowledge with growth in your spiritual life. Because you can grow, your, your head can grow and your heart can shrink. Oh, let me say that again. How many of you know that your head can grow, but your heart can shrink? And you'll go around like some puffed up, knowledgeable Christian spouting out verses and then angry and spiteful and self-centered to your wife and family. That's not like Jesus. So on our knowledge, our knowledge of God, we're growing in our knowledge, our knowledge to know, and then we begin to practice self-control in our life. Our body doesn't run our life. Our spirit runs our life. Our body says, let's sleep. Our spirit says, get up and worship. Our body says, you know, I have sexual urges. The spirit says, okay, fine, save that for marriage. Our body says, I want to eat that whole chocolate silk pie in that refrigerator. Our spirit says, no, you better just have one slice. Our, our body says, man, I want to snort a line of cocaine like I used to do years ago. It make me feel so good. Our spirit says, no, you have another high that you're getting. And now that's the high of the filling of the Holy Spirit that I want to put in your life. That's a lot better and doesn't have the downside. You see, it's self-control in our life that God is, God is perpetuating. So you have faith, you had goodness, you had virtue, you had knowledge, then self-control. And with self-control, you need something really important. You need steadfastness or perseverance. Because here's the thing. Perseverance means you continue to do what's right even when it's hard to do. How many of you know you cannot just do what's right one time and expect the battle's over? You're going to have to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, I just forgave him. Yeah, I'll forgive him again. Well, I said one nice word to them last week. We'll say another one. I read a whole chapter of the Bible the first day of the year. That's great. Read another one. You see, part of maturity is doing what we should do regardless of how we feel. That is a sign of maturity. Because if your life is dictated by how you feel, then you are letting your emotions rule your life. And let me tell you, your emotions are not dependable. You think that every Sunday that you come in church, you're going to feel like, well, I really feel like worshiping God. No, sometimes you're going to feel like, I don't even want to make you here. If I, have to, if I didn't have to teach in Sunday school this morning, I wouldn't be here anyways. You know what the Bible says? Offer a sacrifice of praise. You know what a sacrifice is? A sacrifice is something you do even when it's hard for you to do. You see, maturity is doing what you know is right to do over and over and over, even when it's hard to do. And then the recompense and the blessing will catch up to you. 
That's called perseverance. And there's no other way to maturity. James chapter 1 tells us that, that unless you persevere, you're not going to mature. You will be an un- immature person unless you learn to live above your emotions and tell your emotions, get behind me, hang on to the caboose. Because my engine is faith, the caboose is feelings, I will not let the caboose dictate my life. Hello. And so he says, yeah. Self-control, add perseverance, and then perseverance, add godliness. Godliness means the center of my life is God. And to godliness, add brotherly affection. That means I begin to show my earnedness and genuine kindness in all circumstances, starting with my family, spiraling out to everybody around me, and then lastly, it ends with love. My core motivation to serve God and serve other people is that they will know that I'm a believer by my love. This is a growth path to spiritual maturity. If you really want to grow, begin to pray the characteristics, the seven characteristics built on faith through Second Peter, and you will see your life challenged to growth in this area. He says, if you do this and you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, they grow, they keep growing in your life, you're not stuck, you keep growing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Ineffective means you don't do it well. Unproductive means you're not fruitful. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you do not have these characteristics, then you are nearsighted. You know what nearsighted means? It means you got to read your book like this. You don't see things that are far off. And you are blind and you've forgotten that you've been cleansed from all your past. What it says is, yeah, you can be saved, but you can be saved and immature and blind and nearsighted and ungrateful because if you choose not to grow, you will be a saved, nearsighted, blind, immature individual. Listen, there's a lot of people that are saved, but they haven't gone very far from that. Peter's saying, don't go there. Grow, grow, grow. Verse 10, therefore, my brothers, anytime there's a therefore, you ask yourself, what is it? Therefore, it means he's building the teaching on the previous verses. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, listen, if you do these things, you will not fall. How do we make our calling and election sure? What does that phrase mean? It simply means if you're going in these characteristics, then you will be sure of your calling. You will say, I know I'm a child of God. And you'll be sure of your election. You won't doubt your salvation. If you're not growing, all kinds of doubt begins to sip into your mind. Am I really saved? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I thought I was, but wasn't. Maybe I prayed a prayer, but I didn't really mean it. Maybe I was just an emotional thing, and I'm not sure. Am I in? Am I out? Am I a believer? Am I not a believer? Whoa, I'm really confused. Maybe I need to get saved again. You know who that happens to? It happens to people that aren't growing in their character. Because you lack character, you lack assurance. You lack growth, you lack assurance. If you're growing, you will have assurance. 
Assurance is always the byproduct of someone that's earnestly seeking God. We lose assurance oftentimes when we stop growing and stop being earnest and seeking God with all our heart. That's why I run into a lot of believers that they prayed a prayer, they got baptized, but you know what? They really don't know where they stand with God because it's a sure indication that you stop growing. You lose your confidence when you lose your growth. You gain confidence when you continue to grow. The inner witness of the Holy Spirit. And so he ends up by really telling us this, that in the end, if we're going to continue to grow in God and continue to progress, that we must find an internal motivation to continue to pursue our calling so we will not fall. If we continue to grow in these areas, he said, you will never fall. You're not going to fall. Now, that doesn't mean you're never going to sin, but there's a difference between sinning and falling. How about it? Sinning means I sin. Falling means I start going down a pathway downwards and keep spiraling downwards until I hit the bottom and then wake up and say, how did I get here? There's a big difference between going that way and between sinning and repenting and dealing with it right away. That's called falling. Everybody's going to sin, and even as a believer, you're going to sin. You're not sinless, you'll just sin less if you know the Lord. But guarantee, listen to me, you will sin. It's just going to happen. Why? It's part of your nature. But you have a new nature that's going to cause you to sin less as you live more holy in God. And you need to know what to do with the sin. Repent of it. Turn around from it. Continue to grow in God. And here's the motivation. The motivation is that if you continue to grow, you'll be effective and productive. And secondly, and you're not going to fall. And then it ends this uh, section in verse 11. And it says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's a promise for this day and for eternal life. Some people say, well, I just hope I'm going to make it in by the skin of my teeth. And I just, you know, no, no, no. I, I want to receive a rich welcome. I love those words. A rich welcome. It's like, hey, wow. Great to see you, beloved son and child. A rich welcome because of the Father. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend and our Bible teacher, Mark Job. And as we wind down today's program, Mark, I want to take a few moments to read some of the comments and questions we receive from listeners. This first comment comes from Sylvia in Illinois. She's a member at New Life Community, huh? <laughs> she says, The Lord has continually spoken to my heart through every single message. It has always ministered to my situation so wonderfully where the Lord is glorified and shows me how he loves me and wants to correct and care for me. Praise the Lord for my pastor. There it is. She's a member of New Life. huh? Well, thank you, Sylvia. God bless you. You know, I love that you mentioned that it shows you how he loves you, but at the same time, he corrects you. And you know, that's how the word of God is. And that's the heart of the father. He both loves us, but in gentle and sometimes profound ways has to correct us. Yeah, some of you may know this, but we have started to broadcast in Malawi, Africa. So excited about this, this opportunity. And so this listener says, I used to hate Christians 
and I even called them enemies of Islam. However, since I started listening to Bold Steps, I have found the right way to God through it, uh, for it has mended my life to Jesus. I would not be where I am today, all because of the radio station. Today I'm speaking. I'm no longer calling Christians the enemies of Islam. Rather, they are my friends. Please continue giving us the reconciliatory messages so that many of them who are still in doubt should come out and profess their belief in Jesus as I did. Thank you so much for mending my life with Jesus, yours first time listener, and then they give sure, their name. Isn't that wonderful? What a powerful testimony. And some of our listeners may know this, but thank you because you make it possible for us to broadcast. In Malawi, obviously, um, they're not able to support the station themselves. They're in Africa. This is an unreached place. But we're able to take the gospel of Jesus to people like this listener who comes from a Muslim background and is starting to understand who Jesus really is. Yes, evidence of God at work through the Bold Steps Weekend program. So thank you for that. Now, before we end today, I want to tell you about a special resource we're offering this month. If you're tired of the same old struggles in your journey of faith and you're ready to really open up and be used by God, let us send you a copy of Carl Clausen's book titled The Seven Resolutions, Where Self-Help Ends and God's Power Begins. Gain real practical guidance on how to reconnect with God in a way that can break through old habits and spiritual strongholds. We'll send a copy right to your door when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can easily make that donation with a few clicks of a button by going online to boldstepsweekend.org or speak with one of our team members by calling 866-535-5580. You can also send a check through the mail and request the seven resolutions by writing to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One more thing, if you want to actually see Mark Job and get to watch some exclusive teachings on topics like discovering your purpose, handling hurt in relationships, and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just log into your YouTube account, search for Bold Steps Radio, and subscribe today. Well, that's our time. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next week for a new message titled, Can I Really Trust the Bible? It's the next part of our new series called Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. It's coming up next time, right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.